in the very first Spider-Man movie. You have to think back a while ago. There's been about 14 since, I think. Um, Peter Parker's Uncle Ben gave Spidey, uh, Peter, some advice, and it stuck. I know that because the last movie, which is like number 14, uh, he remembered what his Uncle Ben had told him. Here's what he said. With great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes with great, comes with great responsibility. Now, did you know that that advice from Uncle Ben is actually from Jesus? It's interesting because that's exactly what Jesus tells us. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. To whom much has been given, much is expected. Meaning, we're, we're held responsible for what we've been given by the Lord Jesus. Whatever he's given us, he expects a lot in return. Okay, And by the way, he's given us a lot. Amen? Uh, so he expects much of his children uh, in return. Let me say it this way. Jesus expects more from his followers because Jesus has given more to his followers. Do you say that with me? Jesus expects more from his followers. Why? Because he's given more to his followers. You might ask, well, what is it that Jesus expects of us? What does he require of me? As we continue in the greatest sermon ever preached, Jesus is sitting down, says that right at the start, chapter 5, verse 1, at the foot of the Sea of Galilee, and he delivers the Sermon on the Mount. And he's going to flip everything upside down like we normally think. Uh, this, this sermon changes the way Jesus' followers see the world around us. Uh, today we're going to see Jesus flip his expectations of his chosen children. That would be us. His expe expectations of the church. And by the way, <laughs> they're really high. What he expects of us, the expectations are huge. If you're able, would you stand with me? We're going to read out loud together at least some of the verses. We're going to cover, we're going to look at verses 27 to 32, and we're going to go right on down through the end of the chapter. Join with me. Let's, let's uh, declare God's word together. You've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You have heard the law that says, a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she's been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we're going to need your help today. 
because uh, these words are strong and they hit us hard, so we need your help. Thank you for inspiring them uh, and thank you for preserving them for us down through the centuries. So Lord, would you help us, first of all, to understand exactly what they mean? And Lord, then would you help us to process how you want us to apply these words to our daily lives? And Lord, the hardest part is to actually put them into practice. So we're going to need you and your spirit alive in us so we can live them out in our daily lives. Just want to pause for a moment, Lord, because uh, for many, this has been a tough week. And we just want to pause, and I'm asking, Lord, for those in the church family who've lost someone close and are hurting, even right here today, would, would you give them the grace they need to keep marching on? Some have lost uh, a good friend. Some are stressed because a family member has wandered from you. Lord, uh, some are feeling lonely and abandoned in life. Some right here today are facing physical challenges, stress, the unknown. So, Lord, we're, we're a, a hurting group and we recognize that. So we need you. Rain down even today in your church family, your grace, your mercy, your strength, your, your peace and joy. And Lord, I just want to pause for a moment to... Uh, We've had uh, war break out in our world, big war. And Lord, you are the Prince of Peace, and I'm asking that as the Prince of Peace, you would go and bring your peace to the people of Ukraine and the leaders going in Russia. And Lord, I, I pray you'd work powerfully. Give, give our country's leaders great wisdom. And, and I'm asking that in due time, we might see peace break out. And we know, Lord, that ultimately real peace only comes from your son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Lord, I, I just recognize I, I need your help. I pray for these weak lips of mine. Help me to speak up well for you now. Um, Lord, we invite your spirit to come and be a part today in your church, because this is your church. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one hope-filled voice. You can be seated. Last week, Jesus raised the bar regarding anger. Do you remember that? Uh, Jesus said, uh, you've heard it said you must not murder, a quote from Exodus 20, verse 13, thou shalt not kill. That's the sixth of the Ten Commandments. But then last week we saw Jesus, verse 21, raise the bar and say, okay, you know you can't kill, but I'm telling you, I don't want you angry with, with someone. I don't want you calling someone an idiot. Um, I don't want you cursing at someone, because when you do, judgment will come your way. Consequences are going to roll on if you don't obey what I'm telling you, okay? Okay. Um, now we just stood and read, Jesus says, Old Testament command, don't commit adultery. Do you see that? Do not commit adultery. Verse 27, that's uh, the seventh of ten commandments, Exodus 20, 14. Look at verse 28, this is huge. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust 
has already committed adultery with her in, in his heart. Are, are you kidding me, Jesus? Really? Uh, before Old Testament, you just can't be unfaithful. You can't physically have sex with someone who's married. Okay? But now, if you even look at that person, that's the new standard. Um, he says, take drastic action. I want you to notice, uh, verse 29, grab a spoon and dig your eye out. <laughs> okay? uh, uh, grab a saw and cut your hand off. Do whatever you have to. Um, and this is exaggeration for emphasis. Uh, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. Ever said something like that? I have. I don't really mean I'm going to eat a horse, but, but it, it paints a picture, and that's what this is. It's hyperbole, and Jesus is telling us right here, this sin is deadly, and I want you to take drastic action. If, if you have problems with lust, I want you to quickly take action before it takes over your life, is really what Jesus is telling us. Uh, Make sure you pay attention here. This is huge, okay? Now, I, I brought these bars out for a reason. Um, how many of you have ever high jumped in, in high school? Maybe Can I see your hands? You've been track or something? Ron, never, never tried to high jump? Okay. I, I tried. <laughs> Not very good, okay? This is about as high as I ever got, okay? That was when I was at my peak. Um, so, so this is Old Testament, and I just want to point out what Jesus is saying. Don't get angry. Uh, uh, don't kill anybody, excuse me. Uh, that's pretty easy for most of us. Most of us have never murdered. Uh, don't have sex with anybody outside of marriage, okay? That's the low bar, if you will. The standard is lower and easier to clear. No murder, no adultery. But then you look at the Sermon on the Mount and suddenly you go, I, I don't think this is about seven feet. Maybe there's someone who could clear the, this uh, bar, but there's almost nobody. It's much higher bar to clear. Um, here's what Jesus says. Don't get angry. Not just don't kill. Don't even get angry with folks around you. Uh, don't look at someone with lust in your heart. Jesus, you went from doable to nearly impossible. That's really what he does. And I want to show you, he keeps doing that. Here's what you've been hearing and believing, Old Testament standard, but I'm going to keep raising the bar. I'm going to keep lifting it high. Why are you expecting so much from us, Jesus? That should be the question ringing through your ear. Because he's not done. Let's go back to the text, verse 32. Um, Jesus, just getting warmed up, Deuteronomy 24.1. says, a man can't divorce his wife except he first hands her a written notice of divorce. So if you're going to divorce, then you must hand her a written notice. Jesus, verse 32, expects much more. He says, if you divorce your wife for any reason other than she's sexually unfaithful, I think application, or he's sexually unfaithful, consequences are adultery. Now, here's what you need to know. The Old Testament rabbis had so lowered the bar, they just kept lowering it to where if your wife burns your toast in the morning, divorce, 
um, if your wife uh, doesn't keep the house exactly as you want, I'm handing you a written bill of divorce today. Um, if your wife starts getting old and a little wrinkly, sorry, uh, divorce. And I always wonder about that. Does he think he's not old and divorced and wrinkly? Uh, anyway, um, or more likely, you see somebody down the road that you think you might like better, so you hand a written bill of divorce, okay? So that's what was going on, the Old Testament rabbis. Jesus raises the standard. He says, no divorce unless there's sexual unfaithfulness. And if you disobey, there's consequences, okay? Uh, Jesus is saying here, marriage is meant for keeps. Once you marry, you don't just bail out of marriage because it's hard or it's difficult. Key idea, give me your eyes. Jesus expects more from us as his followers. Why? Why does he expect so much? From, why does he keep raising the bar? And the answer is because he's given us so much more. That, that's the answer. Okay? Continues on raising the bar. Verse 33. Verse 33. Numbers 30, verse 2. A man who makes a vow to the Lord or makes a pledge under oath must never break it. He must do exactly what he said he would do. Now, now here's the truth. Uh, do not make a vow to the Lord, Henry, and refuse to keep it. Okay? If you make a vow to the Lord, you better keep it. There's going to be consequences. So the Jews of Jesus' day said, well, I think we've discovered a loophole. I, I think we've discovered I can make a vow to the Lord, and then that's binding but instead, I'm going to make a vow and I'm going to swear on heaven instead of the Lord. I'm going to swear, I swear on Jerusalem, God's chosen city. Or I'll swear on my own head. I promise um, that what I'm saying is true. Do you understand? So they didn't swear to the Lord. They, they found a loophole, lowered the bar, and then see... I can, I can get away with not doing what I promised to do. Um, they lowered the expectations, and the truth is, we'd like to lower the expectations too. I swear on my mother's grave. How many of you have ever said something like that? I got my hand up. I promise, I, I, my honor, uh, on my honor, I'll pay you back. But then I got my fingers crossed behind my back, and, and therefore, since I had my fingers crossed, I got a loophole that allows me to break my promise. We, we play games the same way today. Here's what Jesus said. Look at chapter 5, verse 37. Just a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the devil. It's from the evil one. I'm going to tell you again. Jesus says, I expect more from you, church. My expectations are high. I expect you to speak the truth. Quit playing fast and loose with promises and vows. No loopholes. No games. No, no playing fast and loose with the truth. I expect my followers to be known. You're truthful. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. That's all it should be. Um, Jesus isn't finished yet. He keeps going. Look at verse 38. Keeps on expecting more. Exodus 21, 24. 
an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot, a burn for a burn, a wound for a wound, a bruise for a bruise. So, you're out, you're goofing off, uh, and now you throw a rock and you hit somebody in the eye. Okay? So, what's the Old Testament standard? You get hit in the eye, what's the expectation? Then we're going to lay you down, and now, I don't know if they take a spoon or a rock, somehow they're going to dig out that eye from the person who threw the stone. Sounds fair to me, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Throw the eye, throw, put an eye out, get your own. If you're wrestling, imagine this. Um, Chase, you're wrestling, and, and you're goofing off, and you knock somebody's tooth out. And now, Dad says, sorry, well, very same tooth on you. Get the pliers out. I'm going to yank your tooth out. Uh, if you bruise somebody bad, then we're going to have to get a hammer, and we're going to have to put a good bruise on you. If, if you, they lose a hand, lose a foot, can you imagine? Take your foot off. Take your hand off. Probably, just thought, we probably would be a little more careful with each other, don't you think? If you knew, if you, if you goof off and you harm somebody, the very same harm's coming at you. Today, if we get seriously injured, 2020 to 22, what do we do? We call Sam Bernstein, law firm, don't we? We call Jeffrey Figer, law firm. Many of us, we would call Cleveland and Cleveland, yeah. Yeah, we're going to sue your pants off. You, you put my eye out, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to go after everything I can. But I want you to see Jesus has different expectations for us. Verse 39, look what it says. Don't resist an evil person. Somebody slaps you on your right cheek, offer them your left. Uh, someone sues and takes your shirt, give them your coat. Jesus is basically saying... Quit being so sensitive. Quit being so focused on your rights. And I want you instead to focus on shining bright for me. Okay? So instead of eye for eye, tooth for tooth, I want you to give. I want you to forgive. I want you to, to live differently than the people around you. We're not going after all that they have. Um, instead of asking them to cut their hand off or, or bruise them up. Shine bright, forgive, go the extra mile. Do you notice again? <laughs> Old Testament, yeah, that was harsh. New Testament, I want you to forgive. I, I, get rid of that, I got to have it my way, looking out for me mentality. One more example. Jesus tells us how to treat our enemies. Old Testament, Leviticus 19, 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Jesus repeats that, Mark 12, 31. Love your neighbor as yourself. But people who hate you, okay? So Old Testament, people who are your neighbors, people who are okay with you, love them. Love your neighbor as yourself. But what about those who actually hate you? 
What about people who actually despise me? What do we do? Think with me. If someone hates you, what do you do? Just naturally. I hate them back. You, you fight me with fire, what am I going to respond with? I'm going to show you fire. I'm going to give you a taste of your own medicine. Verse 44, here's what Jesus does. Raises the bar of expectations for us. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Okay? He says, I, I don't want you just to love people who are nice to you. I want you to love your enemies. Why would I do that? Why on earth would I choose to love someone who hates me? Why would I show good stuff to someone who's trying to harm me? Are you ready? The answer? Because that's living like Jesus. Because that's shining Jesus to the people around us. Uh, verse 47, if we're only kind to people who are kind to us, even unsaved pagans are nice to those who are nice to them. Shall I say that again? Even the pagans, even the unchurched, even the people who want nothing to do with Jesus, they're nice and they're good to people who are nice and good to them. Jesus says, I want you to be different. I'm going to raise the standard. I want you to live differently as my children. Let's just pause and go through um, all that he's just mentioned, okay? He says, I want you to work hard at getting over and not staying angry with people. That's the first thing he says. Uh, get over that, verse 21. I want you to watch your eyes, and I don't want you lusting after your neighbors. He says, I want you to stay married, work things out with your spouse. I want you to speak truth and let your yes be yes and your no be no. I want you to refrain from taking revenge and forgive. And oh, by the way, I want you to love your enemies. Love and look out for those who want to harm and hate you. Love them with my love. Question, Jesus, why are you being so hard on us? Jesus, why are you asking so much of us? Jesus, why do you expect so much from us as your children? And here's the answer. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Here's what it says. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has come. Let's pause for that. Anyone who belongs to Jesus, you're now a Jesus follower, you're new. The old stuff, that, that old way of thinking, that's gone. New life has begun in Jesus Christ. So who we were before Jesus got a hold of our lives, give me your eyes, it's gone. It's, it's over. My life before I said yes to Jesus, received him as king, I promise you, I remember at my reunion for high school, I promise you, when I was the only pastor from 800 students, um, they all said, what happened to you? <laughs> what, what happened to you? Because they knew I was ugly and selfish and angry and mean, and I was all about Jeff. You understand? Yeah, that's gone. Jesus expects so much more from his followers. Why? Because he's given us so much more. Okay? He says, I've begun a new life in you, 
And here's what I've given you. Pause for me just a minute. My spirit, Jesus says, that raised Jesus from the dead now lives where? Point out, where does, where does the spirit of God live today? Point, right here. All by itself, that's enough. Okay, So I've given you the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Now that lives here. You've been purchased out of slavery to sin. The chains are busted. I've been added to the royal family of King Jesus. Think about this. I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm related to royalty and so are you. And nothing could ever separate us from the king. He's gifted me with an owner's manual for life. Oh yeah, it's called the Bible. And now I have an instruction manual, an owner's manual for how to live, for how to think, for how to speak. He's allowed me to become a part of his team to reach and change the world. And what's, what's his team? What's God's plan to reach and change and save the world. What is it? It's the local church. Right, Henry? So I get to be a part of the church family. And oh, by the way, Jesus is personally handcrafting a place for me and for you. New heaven, new earth, no sin, no Satan, no death. How long is that going to go on for? For all of eternity. I'm just telling you, we are loved, we are forgiven, we are blessed, we are gifted, we are empowered. We're children of King Jesus. So suddenly you go, you know what? It makes sense. <laughs> He's given us amazing things. He really has. Um, hard question as we close. Give me your eyes. Do people see that when they look at your life, when they watch you? Do they see new life empowered by Jesus? Do they see you forgiving and loving and going the extra mile? Go back to Matthew 5, because I, I want to show you something. Um, this is the last verse. And this one, I think, is kind of shocking. It, it really is. Um, but he says, but you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And you go, what? <laughs> what? But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And you go, well, that's impossible. <laughs> that, that's like up over the roof right now, that expectation. And that's exactly the point. Okay? Follow me. Jesus is driving us right back to the Father. Verse 20, your righteousness better be better than the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And now he says, oh, I want you to be perfect just like your heavenly Father is perfect. There's only one way that can happen. There's only one way you and I can meet that expectation. You ready? It's Jesus in us and working through us. So you can't be perfect. I can't live up to the standard. We can't live up to the expectations except for Jesus in us and allowing his spirit to work and empower us to live for him. That, that's, 
That's the reality. And that's his whole point here. He's telling you, I'm raising the standard. I'm ra-. Well, how do you do that? You only can do that as you daily allow Jesus to fill and control and empower us. Because on our own, <laughs> no way, no way, no, no how. It's not going to happen. So I have some questions. Will you allow Jesus to do his mighty work in your life today? Will you allow Jesus to take control of your anger? Will you allow Jesus to take control of your lust? Will you allow Jesus to take charge of your marriage? Will you allow Jesus to enable you to speak truth? Will you allow Jesus to deny your rights and not take revenge? Will you allow Jesus to even empower you to love your enemies? That's what he's in, in none of those things can we do in our own strength. That, that's the point. You know what? I can't do any of that except for Jesus in me working through me. The same power, listen to this, the same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead, from the grave, lives in us. We have the power to live this way. But I'm telling you what, it only comes from daily walking, abiding, staying connected to Jesus Christ. That's it. Jesus expects a lot from his chosen children. But Jesus gives his chosen children so much more to meet those expectations. He expects a lot, but he gives us even more. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. Lord, thank you for raising the bar of what you expect, even what you demand from us. Because in doing so, Lord, you also raise the bar of your good gifts to empower us, to enable us to live and love like you do. So thank you for that. We praise you for all of the good things you've given us. We're loved, we're forgiven, we're related to royalty, we're redeemed, we're new creatures, we're citizens of heaven, and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Forgive us, Lord for neglecting all those good gifts. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking we could do it on our own. Forgive me, Lord, for thinking that I can try to meet those standards in Jeff's strength, in my own energy and flesh. Truth is, Lord, we fall flat again and again and again. We can only meet your expectations and do it your way through you living in us, Jesus. Through obeying your instruction manual, through allowing you to fill us and control us and shine bright for you. So would you help us to start making that daily connection? And Lord, I'm reminded The best is yet to come. 
Our future with you is awesome. So would you make us hungry and passionate to daily walk with you? Would you teach us to abide? Would you give us the perseverance to stay connected to you, Lord? Could be you're here in person, maybe watching online. And you're listening and you look at the lower expectations and the higher. And you're a bit confused. And you're thinking, well, I don't think I can do that. And I will assure you, you cannot. It's only Jesus in and through you that we can live like Jesus commands here. So maybe uh, the truth is you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never invited him in. You don't have his power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's, it's missing. You can take care of that even right now. Jesus, <laughs> I need all that only you can bring me today. I need this power, this love, this forgiveness in order to pass it on. Jesus, I believe you took my place on that cross. Jesus, I believe you shed your blood for my greatest problem in life, I'm, I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I believe you took my place in the grave. And I believe early Sunday morning you didn't stay dead. Physically, bodily, literally arose from the... You did that for me. And now by faith, I open up the door of my life. I know you're knocking. I open the door and I invite you in. Come on in, Jesus. Change me from the inside out. Take charge of every area of my life. I invite you and your spirit to take charge. I need the power that only you can bring me. If you're watching online, if you just made that choice right where you are watching, or if you're sitting here, I'd encourage you either hit the prayer button or make your way to the prayer corner. We'll help you get going on your journey. We want to help you soar as you get connected to Christ. Thank you, Lord, for all that you instruct us, even the hard stuff. Help us to do it your way and your power. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray all these things.